This is the fear of science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that explores a wide variety of science and science-related subjects. My name is Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And today, you are listening to the very first episode of our sub-series for Fear of Science, which is called Strange Fears. Let's introduce our special guest for this episode. We have the, uh, the comedian... And sex historian, Justin O'Hearn on the show. Yeah, hi. How's it going? Uh, Justin, we're very glad to have you back. Of course, you were one of our uh, first guests on the Fear of Science. And uh, we're very excited to have you join us for this new exploration of strange fears. If there's anything I love, it's exploring myself. So um, let's get (laughs) on with it. I'm very honored to be here, gentlemen. Um, So glad you asked. Yeah, you were on episode three. Was I really? Uh, Fear wow. Of Bitcoin, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. It was a long time ago. That was, was de- that was decades ago, you guys. That was back when it was. podcasts were still on reel-to-reel tapes. <laughs> that, yeah. that was that was in the before times when we could all share one mic. Yeah, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, we were oh. in a studio. Remember spitting each other's mouths? That was, <laughs> oh, I was missed that the most. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this, this is how long ago it was. This is episode 51. <laughs> wow. That yeah. Is, yeah, that is amazing. Well, uh, the idea for this this uh, subseries is because, you know, as we are exploring different subjects on the fear of science, you know, we've had a chance to explore uh, some, some very broad subjects, some heavy subjects, and uh, subjects that are more perhaps closely uh, defined as being phobias. Uh, for example... One of the iconic moments. Let's roll the clip. There's a spider very close to me, and it is very scary. Oh, wow. Uh, It was, of course, when we did the Fear of Spiders episode, which I do admit for myself, I do have uh, arachnophobia. I do have fear of spiders, which which many people do have. But, you know, there are many uh, other fears that people have that perhaps aren't aren't that usual or more commonplace. I'm not looking forward to when we do the fear of my, my fear, uh, fear of heights, and we have to do it skydiving. That's not going to be fun. Oof, yeah. Jeff, with, with fear of heights, um, how, what is the tallest building or structure that you have been on? Um, well, I've, so I only get the fear of heights. I only get vertigo when there's no safety precautions uh like if i go to the top of the cn tower i can look at the the glass floor and it doesn't bug me that much because as long as there's like i i know that it's safe it doesn't freak me out but if i was to go to like the grand canyon and uh stand on the edge of a cliff no there's no way if there's no handrail interesting not chance Justin, so, uh, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, I I like that, you know, we're being open and vulnerable with ourselves and, and hopefully by us being that, we can also encourage our guests to be as well. Uh, Justin, do you have a phobia of some sort? Yes. Um, I, I don't know um, what we're looking for here. I have, I have a number of them, but I'll try to narrow it down for you. Um, 
So I talked to Jeff about this a little bit before this episode, and I have I have a, a kind of a strange fear. It's it's a pretty specific one. I have I'm afraid of of a very rare disease called uh, fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, FOP for short. And this disease is um, what happens is it 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 turns your muscle mass into bone if there's if there's any trauma. Uh, so basically you bruise easily and then your bruise, instead of healing the way it would in a normal person, it, it turns that muscle into bone. And eventually, um, you are locked in one position for the rest of your life. Now, this is an irrational fear or phobia because, um, not only is the disease exceedingly rare, it's also congenital. So if you weren't born with it, you can't catch it yet. Here I am still terrified that I'm going to get this disease that fewer than a hundred people in the world have. So how does how does that change your life? Like how do you how do you go out of your way on a day to day basis not to get this disease? It's a good question. Um, various <laughs> rituals, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, things things same things that help sports people uh, get their team to win. Um, so sitting on one side of a couch over another. Um, pretty well, anytime I have any muscle ache whatsoever, I'm convinced that I'm going to develop this condition. Um, mm. so I, I try to stay as still as possible. Now, just to be clear, this doesn't run in your family at all. No, no, I've never even met anyone with it. Um, and, uh, and like I said, it's, it's, it's one of the rarest diseases in the world, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of, that's how white privilege messes with your head because, <laughs> you know, I'm not scared of regular stuff. I'm scared of really specific, um, stuff that no one has that will never happen anyone so it's probably because you're a very rare human being it Aww. might be <laughs> yeah. so, uh, according to wikipedia mm. uh the the uh the best known fop case is that of harry eastlack yeah terrifying uh his condition began to develop at the age of 10 by the time of his death from pneumonia uh, at the six days before his 40th birthday, his body had completely ossified, leaving him able to move only his lips. Uh, and Eastlack met only one other person with FOP during his time. Wow. Yeah, during, wow. Yeah. wow. People thought the elephant man had that, uh, but he didn't. He had something else. He had elephantitis, didn't he? No, he had, a, he had something else. It was called... Um... That's a misconception. That's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had, he had something else that uh, I forget the name of it, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't FOP, but he did have some crazy bones as we know. Uh, uh, everyone. So uh, I feel that it's now time, now that we've shared a bit about our personal phobias, uh, let's dive into the crux of our strange fears sub series, uh, which is where we, each of us, were challenged to do some research on a distinct, specific phobia, uh, perhaps one that maybe we have never seen or heard of before, or maybe one that we have but maybe don't have very much information on. So my, so my fear, my fear, it is globophobia. Globophobia. Uh, do you two? Without looking it up on Google or without looking at our show notes. Uh, what is globophobia? Uh, I know what it is because I wrote the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it. I found it when I was looking up my phobia. So. Okay, well, 
So there goes the first segment. Uh, but yes, uh, globophobia. Globophobia is essentially uh, understood to be fear of fear of listening to German rock band Nina while in Cleveland on September 27, 1986. Oh, that's specific. That's it really is specific. also known as the fear of balloons. The fear of balloons. Now, oh, uh, right. That what, what you said though, the very specific thing about September or whatever and Nina, um, that wouldn't be too far-fetched because i happened to look at the dsm-5 definition of a phobia for this show and i'm going to read it to you right now if you don't mind oh go for it a persistent fear of a specific object activity or situation i.e the phobic stimulus out of proportion to the actual danger posed by the specific object or situation that results in a compelling desire to avoid it if it cannot be avoided the phobic stimulus is endured with marked distress so you can so with that definition you can make like literally anything could be a phobia because it's an object activity or situation so those things that you mentioned daniel that's all three right wow thank you uh that, that that makes perfect sense and you know i think uh a lot of it has to do with like tra- traumatic um you know as i'll as i'll get into with with a bit of the research that i did on globophobia but you know a lot of uh, with globophobia and I believe other phobias has to do with traumatic experiences, usually in our, mm-hmm. in our childhood. So uh, a little bit about globophobia uh, for people who have it uh, for globophobia is a fear of balloons. Like many phobias, it is believed to have been caused by a bad childhood experience. And though globophobia can gradually diminish with age with some people, it can continue into their adulthood and beyond. So uh, now before I continue, do either of you identify with having globophobia? Uh, no. No. Does let me can I ask you a question since you're the expert on globophobia? Yes. Um, can it be can part of it be the fear of the um, helium in the balloon? Because um, it's my understanding that we're depleting the Earth's helium resources. Oh, that's just a fear of global warming. Yeah, that's uh, that. That was fear of climate change, which is episode. (laughs) I'm not caught up. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, uh, And and some people have a fear of of popping balloons, not necessarily balloons themselves. Yes, absolutely. Yes, correct. Uh, So there are many different there are uh, actually a few different reasons as to why people um, identifies having globophobia. Uh, the noise that a balloon popping uh, makes the the, blo- the noise that a balloon popping makes is similar to a, a gunshot. And you know, there's definitely been times when you know when I, I'm around a balloon and I'm like cringing, knowing that eventually it's going to pop. Uh, even the squeaking of the latex can set people off who have a globophobia. Or even the smell, even the smell of the latex, you know, enough to make people go, oh, a balloon is nearby. Uh, talk, uh, talk shows like Maury and Anderson Cooper have brought on guests with globophobia to try and understand and even try to cure these guests of fears. And <laughs> Who the hell has been cured of anything by watching Maury Povich? <laughs> uh, cured, of, cured of daytime TV boredom when Maury's on, you know. Uh, Maury, please come on our show. Uh, 
And uh, according to fear, feerof.net, of course, the internet uh, directory for all things fear. Uh, global phobia can also be combined with uh, another fear, uh, which is uh, we will eventually get to, which is colrophobia or fear of clowns. Mm, so, yeah. Uh, even people who have globophobia will even try to avoid events where they know that balloons are at. Fascinating. Well, because Do Marlar balloons is, uh... You talked a lot about latex balloons. What about other materials? What about an original pigskin balloon? Uh, I don't, I don't know bladders. if balloons are made of pigskin. <laughs> Inflated bladders. You know what? Um, now, globophobia, uh, I've I'm not 100% certain on this, but globophobia, I believe, is also has to do with re- like spherical things as well. Um, but mm, I think yeah. mainly, usually, it's defined in pop culture and you know regular uh, acceptance of being mainly to do with balloons. But I did see some other stuff that it is also has to do with the the sphere shape as well. Mm. 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 So interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, with. So some symptoms of globophobia. Uh, people don't like touching them. People don't like the sight. People don't like the sight of them inflated. So uh, there was, I've seen... Uh, uh, Only flaccid balloons. Flaccid balloons is apparently okay because, you know, you know that it's it's safe. It's not going to hurt you. But inflated balloons is uh, it can trigger people. And of course, people don't like the popping. And, you know, as mentioned, uh, you know, you were saying uh, earlier on, Justin, that uh, there are definitely some reactions that people have to this fear. Uh, and I'm and I'm curious to see if it's the same as the fears that you guys researched, which is sweaty palms, heart start racing, even gastrointestinal distress. Essentially, people want to get away from balloons. I guess the thing we have to realize about phobias is that a lot of times they're irrational, right? Yeah. So these are all irrational fears. Yeah, I mean, i I don't really, I don't really identify with any of these fears that we were talking about today. Um, but we all understand being irrationally afraid of something. Like, you know, we know that the balloon is not actually a gunshot. So even if you popped a balloon right in front of your face, you'd pretty well know that it's not going to harm you. Yeah. Right. An uninflated balloon can still choke you. So why not be afraid of that too? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a good point to make too, is that, you know, as long as we're, as, as much as we're, we're laughing and we're, we're kind of making jokes about it. Every fear is, is a fear to somebody like <clears throat> whether it's a balloon or whether you're afraid of heights or spiders, it's a fear and you have no control over it. Very true. Uh, you know what, gentlemen, you know, when you say that, that, of course, brings us to our Strange Fears sub-sub segment, which is famous people with strange fears. So, oh. um, so there are a number of, of celebrities who do have globophobia. Who do have globophobia. Uh, famous people with globophobia include Oprah Winfrey. No. Really? Oprah but Winfrey. Her name is the big O. It's the big it's the globe. It's the blue shape. <laughs> she suffers through this every. Oh, for us. She does it for us. Yes. Oh goodness. Um, don't they drop a lot of balloons when they do? When they did those free, everyone gets uh, whatever under the chair. 
episodes. Uh, remember, that's why the balloons are under the chairs, so she doesn't have to see it. <laughs> wow. But, uh, what a uh, trooper. We don't deserve we don't deserve Oprah. Uh, Oprah yeah. Winfrey uh, ass revealed in Oh the Oprah magazine, the official magazine of the favorite time. <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> and Oprah. Uh, she said, I don't like balloons. And my and for my 40th birthday party, my entire staff decided to surprise me. I came downstairs and the entire audience is filled with balloons. Literally, I'm stepping over balloons, having to walk through balloons, and I'm so like, oh, when is one going to pop? She then continued, it reminds me of gunfire. really freaks me out. Oh. Other pe- uh, Two other people uh, who have globophobia include uh, Fifth Harmony singer and third place finisher on Dancing with the Stars, Ali Brooke, and South <laughs> okay. Korean movie and television actor and singer, Soji Sub, uh, where uh, uh, the the latter, uh, he revealed that his insides were going to burst whenever he saw a balloon, and that he always felt uncomfortable around balloons. Huh. So he 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 really um, is one with a balloon. Because if he feels like he's going to burst inside, that's <laughs> that's deeper psychological pathology that I'm I don't want to go into right now. Aren't we all balloons in some way? No. We're just a bunch of meat sacks. (laughs) Isn't a sack just a meteor balloon? (laughs) Look, I'm not the scientist here. Uh, Don't. (laughs) None of us are the scientists on this episode. You're the closest, Jeff. You work at Science (laughs) That's true, yeah. Now, the the, uh, unfortunate thing about uh, globophobia, you know, as, as, you know, Justin, you mentioned that while we are um, lovingly, you know, researching this and, and some of it, I, I think because we don't have these fears, you know, uh, we can laugh about it or we do laugh about it. And, you know, for example, myself and my fear of spiders, like I laugh at myself because it is so terrifying. But, you know, for, for some people who have globophobia, it, it actually does affect their life in, in some some very significant ways. For example, people who have globophobia will tend to avoid uh, areas or events where they know they may run into a balloon or or see mm-hmm. a balloon. Weddings would be really hard. Absolutely. Weddings, graduations, birthday parties. Travel in the 19th century by air. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant balloon. No, my worst Don't nightmare. go near Jules Verne, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as flying giant balloons, sweetheart. And, oh God, up in the sky! <laughs> but you know, it, it is it is fascinating because, like, you know, um, uh, I think that with globophobia, it is one of those things. Like, you know, there's not a balloon here, but you never know when a balloon is going to be nearby. The when I think of fear of balloons, I think of the most iconic um balloon is uh the balloon from it definitely absolutely yeah. yes i don't uh, think these 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 associations are not uncommon either um like i was I'm, I'm right with you there on the it thing jeff i'm also thinking of like there was an old 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 movie called um m just the letter m starting starring peter lore and the pivotal scene in that movie is a child goes missing and at the very instant he's snatched from the crowd, 
um, he lets go of his balloon and just the camera follows the balloon up into the sky. And it is one of the creepiest scenes I've ever watched in a movie. Oh, okay. So 1930 something. So any, any time that I happen to be looking up and a balloon happens to fly by, does that mean the kid was kidnapped? That's the sure. opposite of what they do in that Christmas movie. It's not an angel getting its wings. It's a child being taken from a crowd in uh, somewhere in Germany. If you saw that movie and after that your fear is of balloons, not of being kidnapped, then I think you missed the point of that movie. No, there's there's a there's a correlation there of carrying a balloon and being kidnapped. Mm. Um that's that's it causation. That's not correlation, that's causation. Causation. Hundred <laughs> percent of children carrying balloons get kidnapped. So this is globophobia. Um now at the end of our our uh, discussion and our sharing, I want us to the three of us to decide if we, uh, you know, if we had to be like poof, uh, you know, we wake up the next day and and we were told that you, we would get like ten million dollars, but you would be afflicted by one of these phobias. Uh, I want us to decide which phobia we would choose to have. So uh, the fear that I was assigned was fear of puppets, uh, also known as pupophobia. Uh, pupa from the Latin, meaning doll or puppet, apparently. Um, even though you're, uh, I won't go into yours, Jeff, right away, but um, yeah, pupophobia not. for some reason. Um, <laughs> and because I like to find out where words come from before I look look at anything else, I went ahead and looked up the etymology of of the words here. So the, the, the word history. Um, so learn, learn a couple of things from the Oxford English dictionary. Uh, the first ever phobia that was recorded in written language dates from 420 BCE. And it was describing hydrophobia, which is, it's the fear of water, but it's also, um, the fear of, uh, or the, the madness caused by uh, the fear of water due to rabies or fear of liquids. Oh, oh yeah. Interesting. So that's the first ever recorded use of the word phobia was in Latin, which was probably a borrowing from Greek. The first English use of phobia was in the 17th century. And that's kind of where our modern definitions of, of phobias come from, was from that sort of burgeoning, what we call psychology today in the 17th, 18th, and then obviously 19th and 20th and all the way to now 21st century where we have a whole bunch of phobias. But um, so that was, that's the thing that got me into this subject was looking at where did we get even the concept of a phobia from? Um, mm. And in terms of the fear of puppets or pupa phobia, I'm not going to keep calling it pupa phobia. That is so weird to say. Um, it's a weird word. A good, when I think of pupa phobia, I think of maybe like, like insects going through their pupation period sure right I, I wonder if those words are related somehow but in 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 my circuitous route to finding out more about puppet phobias i looked of course in the history of puppets and um now wikipedia lists about 24 different types of puppets um and i couldn't find any information on whether puppet puppet fear is fear of every type of puppet or specific types of puppets. I got to assume that you can be afraid of just a specific type, like marionettes, for instance, the, you know, with the mm. strings, 
um, like that NSYNC video from the 90s for their marionettes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a specific type of, I'm terrified of those puppets. They're, they're creepy. Um, I feel like most people are probably very afraid of, uh, ventriloquist puppets as well. Yeah. I wanted to talk about those specifically. Um, cause those are, so are you, are you guys familiar with the notion of the uncanny Valley? Yes. Yep. Yes. Right. So for any listeners out there who aren't, um, that's when something, it, it becomes sort of so real that it's too real, even though it's a fake thing. So a ventriloquist puppet is one of those things where it just, it looks like a miniature person, but in kind of a weird, weird makeup kind of <laughs> with rosy cheeks usually. And, you know, they're cute. So they're kind of like this, this, this cute version, idealized version of a human that says witty remarks. And so it's, are you, are you I, describing a baby? <laughs> yes, it's like a haunted baby <laughs> that you take out of a trunk <laughs> and you put your hand up its back and make his mouth move. That sounds like a horror movie as well. <laughs> so Uncanny Valley, that ties into why people are afraid of puppets? and ventures. Yeah, because a lot of puppets, uh, they're meant to represent humans. So they look, right. they look too, too, if they look too real... That, that can cause you to have that fear of, oh my God, is that a real person? What is that? And you get kind of confused about it. It's kind of like the, the best example from pop culture, I think, recently is, uh, did anyone watch uh, Polar Express with the animated oh, yeah. movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah. yeah, that was very Uncanny Valley. Yeah, when, when, when the animation looks too real, it's frightening. And that movie yeah. looks too real. Um, so yeah. that's kind of what's happening with puppets too. I'm no, I'm, I'm no scientist either, obviously guys, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also learned that, uh, puppets go, they, they date back to, um, fifth century BCE in ancient Greece. So they were a theatrical tool, uh, for telling stories and narratives. And so it, it's obviously an ancient art form. And I'm, I'm certain it's probably older than that, because even though we traced a lot of things back to ancient Greece, uh, there are other cultures that we don't that don't get the their due uh, for inventing things or for having things before the mm-hmm. Greeks or the Romans did. So, all you need is a hand and a couple coconuts, and you got a puppet. Exactly right. You don't you don't have to have much for for. Werner Herzog is going to do a documentary about finding puppets in a cave somewhere from ten thousand years ago. <laughs> um, but I want to go back to ventriloquist puppets for a second. Um, I think it's very rational to be afraid of ventriloquist dummies in general but jeff dunham specifically oh yeah only because he uses yeah. his ventriloquist dummies to like be horrifically racist and just awful and a horrible comedian and just be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um another type of puppet that i think is rational to be afraid of is um any any political puppets so any anyone who's acting as a puppet for the russian government so donald trump is one of those puppets (laughs) a manchurian candidate exactly exactly yeah um i think you can be afraid of any puppet that is a non-muppet yeah um that was my question would muppets because who can be afraid of a muppet no you can't be you can't be. No. Jim Jim Henson knew that. Jim Henson was living in the year three thousand because he yeah. saw how creepy regular puppets were, and so he went, "I'm changing the name, and I'm going to make better ones." Yeah, he's like, "I can't call them puppets because I am evolving 
the art form to something yeah. better. There are some very scary puppets on Dark Crystal, though. That's true. Those aren't Skepsies are pretty. They're pretty scary. But they're, those yeah, weren't... they aren't technically Muppets. That's they're true. not Muppets. Are they're they... from the Jim Henson. Those are Jim Henson creatures. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, kind of like second cousins, twice removed from. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of how um, back to Stephen King. So, like, you know, if you don't like Stephen King, maybe you like Richard Bachman, which is his pseudonym. What? Mm, yeah. Same guy, different 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 narratives so i think that's happening with jim henson and the muppets and, and his creatures now um you know speaking of speaking of books and literature you know uh, uh scary puppets and uh, scary puppets um do pupophobia pupophobia mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course uh is famously represented in another very famous uh horror series uh, oh i know what you're talking about yeah. goosebumps Goosebumps. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a ventriloquist dummy in Goosebumps as well, right? Yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is, you know, it, it's like possessed. It's fascinating that, you know, out of all the creatures that are created by R.L. Stein, right? Like there's like scary scarecrows, there's like ooze monsters, there's, you know, uh, there's scary, there's literal scary haunted houses. You know, who would have thought that, oh, a ventriloquist dummy would be the scariest and the face of the franchise, so to speak. It was a book called Night of the Living Dummy. Right? Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm also on a random note, it was exactly two years ago today that R.L. Stein was here in Vancouver and I went to go see him. Oh, in the before days. It was uh, yeah. it was very cool. You know, his like being able to hear him and... and and to see these kids, like there were kids dressed up as Slappy who were asking him questions and getting autographs. It was, uh, it was very. Is that the name of the dummy? Uh, Slappy. Slappy. Slappy oh. the dummy. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, uh, uh, Justin, uh, you know, before we move on to to Jeff's, uh, are there uh, did, are there any you know celebrities, any famous people who had fear of fear? Um, I didn't know that was part of my assignment, so I, oh, I don't no. know. But <laughs> I can tell you, I'll tell you this: Billy Bob Thornton is afraid of antique furniture. Oh, I don't know what that fear is called. <laughs> okay, okay. Antique, antique phobia. That just but, raises more questions that we do not have time for. <laughs> but this is just one of the things I know about Billy Bob Thornton. Um, ah, that's a great fact. According to Celebratainment.com, your online resource for everything Celebratainment, uh, the, the, the Crown star, Emerald Fennel, has a fear of puppets. Uh, do you two watch The Crown? No, but I'm a big fan of Fennel. <laughs> I, I, I love it in salad. I love it. I love its aniseed flavor. Uh, the Crown star Emerald Fennel has a fear of puppets. The 33-year-old actress um, has suffered from pupophobia for as long as she can remember and assists, insists all ventriloquist dummies and marionettes are pure evil. When asked what her greatest fear is, she answered puppets. Can't even look at one. Um, wow. This is Now, uh, is she afraid of the Muppets, though? That's the question. That's, that's a, I have that question as well. Uh, can you ask her? 
I would like to survey all people who have pepophobia. Emerald fennel. That is a great name. Emerald fennel. That sounds like a paint color. (laughs) Emerald fennel. Yeah. It's very green. Light green. (laughs) I want want ruby rose and emerald fennel to do a project together. I don't care what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Wouldn't that... What, wait, what color would that make? What, what do green and red make when you mix them together? Brown. Brown? Not a scientist. <laughs> Orange? <laughs> Get uh, your color wheel, Jeff. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you, Justin, for, for explaining quite a bit about pupophobia. I feel, like, I feel like I learned a lot more about puppets, the history of phobias, and also that I need to go back and read some Goosebumps. It's very fun. Totally. They're your favorite Burks. Now, Jeff, Jeff, what is your phobia? Do you think your phobia is scarier than uh, Globa or Pupa phobia? Hmm, that's a good question. It's definitely scarier than Globa phobia. Um, but uh, it's very much in the same vein as, as uh, Pupa phobia. Um, I have uh, pediophobia, which is the fear of what? Oh, you guys already know it. Uh, fear of <laughs> dolls. Oh, fear of dolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very similar to fear of puppets. Uh, but I guess the fact there's no strings or the mouth don't move. <laughs> so it's totally different in that regard. Um, but uh, pedio is the Greek word uh, pedion, which means small child. Um, and people who fear dolls often fear small children as well. So, yeah. Don't we all, don't we all, <laughs> at yeah, some point, true. we all do. Um, and it also falls under the branch of uh, auto, automophobia, which is the fear of false sentient beings, um, which includes uh, puppets and ventriloquist dummies, animatronic creatures, mannequins, and wax statues. Where are the wax statues these days? Where, where do you guys go to, to see some good wax statues? The uh, Madame Tussauds. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> doy. Oh, actually, I went to, um, I went to, and when I was in Dublin, I went to the Irish Wax Museum. Um, and that was amazing because they have both sides of the spectrum of wax dummies from really incredible Colin McGregor, like super detailed. Um, to they had one of the queen that looked like they had like a uh, a co-op student make that one. <laughs> it was so low detailed, and then they just covered it in makeup so that they didn't have to do any detail on the face. It was pretty incredible. So there's a lot of horrors that were have been created about dolls. You've got the Child's Play franchise, oh. Annabelle, Poltergeist. You know, I, I you know, and then you know to build upon you know like uh, you know there's House of Wax. House of Wax. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great yeah. Paris Hilton movie. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, that was Paris Hilton. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Or, or even like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Hollywood. It makes sense that Hollywood would mine these different phobias, right? Like whether it be balloons, and that's in the iconic scene of, of it. You know, um, the goosebumps and and the and Slappy the ventriloquist dummies and and all of these horror movies that you just mentioned, Jeff. Uh, you know, I wonder why. I wonder why we like to be scared by these things that we are scared of. Yeah, 
I was going to look up. Um, well, actually, I did look up the the amount of horror movies that have dolls in them um, compared to balloons and, and dummies to make sure that mine was the scariest. Um, but the problem is that every every movie that I found, it didn't differentiate between dummies or uh, puppets and dolls. So they're all mixed up and I didn't feel like separating them out. Now, uh, Jeff, do you yourself have a fear of dolls? Do you? No, not at all. Not even slightly. Uh, I don't necessarily like dolls. Uh, I am indifferent towards them. Now, uh, Jeff, uh, are there any celebrities that you just... Oh, I did look this up, unlike Justin. Uh, (laughs) I could only find one celebrity that has the fear of dolls, and that is uh, Channing Tatum. What? Yeah, true story. You mean afraid of you mean dogs. rugged, rugged uh, leading man, star of Jupiter? Uh, what Sending. was that? Jupiter Ascending star. Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Twenty one Jump Street. Twenty two Jump, Jump Street. Street Wait, Channing Tatum, like Hollywood super hunk, is afraid of dolls. Yeah. Um, another thing I was going to mention as well is that um, there's a lot of cultural beliefs and superstitions. Um, around uh, spirits that have entered objects. Um, so in Islamic mythology, uh, there's jinns, or what we have recalled genies, um, that can be good or bad, that can inhabit objects. Um, and then also the one I really liked was in Germ- Germanic folklore, there's kobolds. And kobolds um, are not the, the dragons from D&D. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are... Uh, small uh, human-like figures or or entities that look like dolls and wear sailors' clothing, um, and they could turn into animals, humans, or candles. Just those three things, just randomly a candle. Um, and uh, they they actually are known to be usually good omens and can actually help with household chores, uh, unless you uh, neglect them. <laughs> And they become angry and mischievous, and they mess up your life. What happens if you light one of those cobalts when they're a candle? <laughs> <laughs> then they become mischievous, and they make your life a little annoying. Uh, yeah. Don't light the candles. Where's my keys? Aw, oh, man, I lit that candle last night. <laughs> uh, fascinating. Now, uh, uh, now uh, as we head towards the end of the first in a long running series sub-series uh strange fears you know again i am curious for for jeff justin and myself if we were to be approached by a genie tonight that's like i will give you 10 million dollars if i if i can inflict you with this phobia this fear Uh, would you take the deal and for any of these and if you would which phobia would you be afflicted for? I would go globophobia, hands down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there are way fewer opportunities to be around balloons than to be around miniaturized representations of people. Yeah. Yeah. Or small children. I feel like, you know, uh, I I will admit, it, it, for myself, it would also have to be globophobia. Uh, only because, like, I look around my... Like, even though there's not a lot, but, you know, 
Funkos are probably close enough to like puppets or or dolls. Sure, it would mean that you couldn't go into the floral section of a Safeway. And sure, it would mean that you can't go into a dollar store. Or sure, it would mean that you uh, can't hang out with Jules Verne. But other than that, you know, how many balloons are there in normal everyday life? Yeah. I feel like if you if you had a family member that was getting married, it would be pretty easy just to be like, hey, I have a massive fear of balloons. Can you not use any? Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, I mean, that's way more reasonable than asking somebody like, please don't bring home any gourds with sort of knobs on them because they might look a little bit too much like dolls. Um, yeah. Can you please ask your child never to have a doll? Or be a child. I mean, though, like, I'm very grateful that I've never had anyone in my life be like, hey, hey, uh, I was just, I was, I was just at the antique store and it was closing down and they gave me this doll for free. I don't know. I'm just going to put it on the mantle. Like, no, don't bring it in the house. Don't even (laughs) attempt. Uh, (laughs) That's true. It's very situational. Like, if you're, if you're in a situation where they're really trying to give you something for free, I don't care what the object is. Don't take it. If they're trying to give you a free balloon, like, actually, no, I could see someone give you a free balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would. That's promotional material. Is, are, are there a lot of creepy old antique stores going out of business where you guys live? Because I'm pretty sure we all live in similar areas. <laughs> well, it, yes. it is in the Deering times that we are recording this, so. That's true. Yeah. That's it's only crazy. uh it's only rug stores that go into business. <laughs> yeah. Ivan Decker has an excellent joke about that. I know he was a guest on your podcast a while back. You should go oh, and look oh, yeah. he's got a great joke about all the rug stores that are going out of business. So I think we've determined that Daniel's fear was the worst. Yeah. Uh, no one's afraid of it. Yes. Um and uh so Justin and I will split the money. Yeah, I think that, that yeah, I think that our fears are very similar. But I liked what you said about the. Uh, it's weird though. There's that. There's that split. That chasm, I guess, between our two fears. In that fears, a pup like puppets move and talk and do, and they mimic human behavior in addition to looking like humans. But dolls don't. So like, we're the fear. I think of dolls. We're having to put that on them. Like either they have to be imbued with the spirit of a ghost or, or some, or something like that. Because the fear of, of dolls, you, you do not want them to move. And that's the entire utility of what a puppet is. Exactly. Although a puppet, if a puppet moved on its own without someone controlling it, that would also be scary. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Well, uh, I think that it has been settled. Globophobia wins this episode of, of, uh, fear of sciences, strange fears, but, Really, we are all winners when we learn and when we uh, respect e- each other's fears. So if you have a strange fear, um, do not worry. Know that you are not alone. Uh, there are many people with your phobia or with a different yet similar phobia. And we'll be exploring uh, more of them on future episodes of the Fear of Science. And in the meantime, of course, you can uh, catch all of our back episodes at thefearofscience.com and you can learn more about our wonderful special guest today, Justin O'Hearn at uh, Twitter. 
I have I have Twitter, everyone. It's just my name at Justin O'Hearn, no apostrophe. Uh, and as always, thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>